0: welcome back to the podcast i say rejoice i'm so excited that you're here today i have one of my dearest friends and just someone that i've always looked up to kaylee roblin is on here kaylee is from el paso where i am from um and we played volleyball against each other she went to my rival high school and let me just say she was literally a stud did not like playing against her because she was so hard to play against but um I'm so excited to have her on and just uh hear her story. It's going to be so awesome. So Kaylee, welcome. Um do you want to tell us a little bit about about yourself?
1: Hello. Okay, that was too kind. Um <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. So yeah, like Campbell said, I'm from El Paso, Texas. I went to I we played volleyball against each other forever. I went to school um up in Arizona, a school called Embry-Riddle uh, Aeronautical University and I played volleyball there. Um, I just graduated in December, and now I'm just kind of living my life, but um, it was a great four years, a great opportunity, and I'm just grateful that I was able to do that. So That's so awesome. Y'all, when I tell you she's literally a stud, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs>
0: you. Um, so I'm so excited that you're here because you have been so successful um, in your volleyball career and in life, um, but you have had A rough couple of months and I think that people need to hear your story because it's so incredible. Um, So I'm just going to kind of open up the floor to you to kind of explain to everyone your story
1: and then we'll go from there. Okay, awesome. I graduated in May of 2021, but COVID canceled my senior season. So I opted to stay an extra semester to just get in that last year of eligibility. So I ended up graduating in December. Um, So going into my new senior season I guess we hadn't been able to get into the gym for a while because of COVID and so back in May we were finally able to get back in there just like do small little things small group stuff nothing crazy and so I hadn't played in a while so I was yeah taking things slow and I just noticed that the first couple times that we were in the gym I just felt like I couldn't see very well And it was just interesting to me. I've never had like great eyesight. So like, I know what it is to not be able to see. So at first I just thought like, okay, yeah, it's about that time of the year where I need to go get a new prescription, get it updated, whatever. So I go to the eye doctor, get a new prescription. And like in my day-to-day life, I could see so much better, like at work or driving, things like that. So I was like, okay, awesome. Problem fixed. So then I kept going into the gym and I still just like could not see very well. And it was just so interesting. And I, at first I just kind of wrote it off because that's what we always do, right? When we're young and we're healthy and things like that. So I, yeah, just kept playing and I just thought it would take care of itself. It would go away. Maybe I'm just out of shape. Maybe I'm just, you know, just finding every excuse that I can. So as the summer goes on and season's getting a little bit closer, it's still not going away. And so I'm kind of taking mental notes like, when it's happening things like that. So basically what I've figured out is that it was it would only go away when my heart rate was elevated and it was only in my right eye. And so it was just so interesting cuz I'm like my left eye I would, you know, wink and do things like that to try and figure it out. And so basically it would just it was like I didn't have a contact in my eye or like my prescription was a couple years behind. Or things like that. But the weirdest part was that once I was done working out like 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, it would be totally normal. I would, I could see great. And so it was just like, okay, well my main purpose right now is volleyball. And like, I need to be able to see, I don't care if I can't see any time else, but like, I need to see in the gym. And so I'm trying to think. So like seasons getting a little bit closer and I had mentioned it like briefly to my dad, but like I said, like I feel like volleyball had kind of been taken away from me a lot in the past couple of years. I'm sure everybody had experienced that. And so I was like, I just don't want to say something and then it be taken away from me again, because I think I kind of knew that it could be something serious. Um, so our season starts and I'm just kind of getting by in the gym. But obviously, like it's affecting how I'm playing. I can't see the ball very well. So um, but yeah, I'm just I'm choosing to ignore it and so then our first tournament comes this is in August and we play our first match and I couldn't even tell you if we won or lost because I was so distracted at the time but after the match my dad were I'm talking to my dad and like he knew something was obviously wrong mm-hmm. um just by the way that I was playing and it just like was not me and it was clearly affecting like my ability right so He was like, you need to tell your coach. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, just leave it alone. But like a good dad should. He tattled on me. So he tells my coach and so my coach and my trainers and I are all talking. And so we decide that it's like probably best if I just take a couple games off until we figure out like what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um and my coach was like, it's either your eye or it's like your eyesight or it's your brain. And those are two things that you don't necessarily want to mess with. So I'm, I agree. So I take a couple games off. And in the meantime, I'm like, they're setting me up at a bunch of doctors and things. So I go to, um, they set me up with an ophthalmologist in Arizona. So I go see him and he looks at my eye dilates my eye and it looks totally fine. Nothing wrong with it. Phys- like he can't see anything wrong with it. And he was very intrigued by like how I'm explaining that might help like how the symptoms come and go. Um, and so he tells me like, you're fine to play. I don't see any reason why you can't play, but I don't necessarily have an answer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes weird things like this can go away on their own. That might be the case here. And then he was like, I don't want to scare you at all. And this would be a complete, total long shot, but sometimes MS can present itself like this. And he was like, I I usually wouldn't even say this to somebody, but my wife has MS, so I'm really sensitive to the subject. Yeah. So he kind of like planted that seed in our brain and he just said, usually it would, if it was that it would come with another symptom. Usually they come like in pairs, mm-hmm. but um, I would be shocked if that's what it was, but I'm just letting you know. So he said, if anything else comes up, call me and we'll go from there, but I think you'll be okay. So he cleared me to play. I keep playing, but obviously it's still affecting how I'm playing. And we were being pretty reserved with like my playing time. I wouldn't play in the back row a lot because that's where it would really affect me. I just couldn't track the ball very well. Um, And so we keep kind of pushing. And so my cousin works for an orthopedic surgeon down in Phoenix. So we just kind of needed a connection to get in somewhere. So maybe like somebody else could look at me. And so um she got me in with her doctor and he looked at me and just did like a routine physical and same thing that kind of everybody else had said like nothing's physically wrong with me I'm young I'm fit um but he said let's just get some MRIs and some scans so that we can um rule out the bigger stuff so then we can work towards like finding an answer so we got the scans to rule out a tumor um an aneurysm and MS and so I got an MRI of my brain and of my spine and then an MRA of my brain and my neck. So an MRA is an angiogram. It's okay. like a picture of your veins and your blood flow pretty much. Um, so cause they thought maybe it could be a clot or something like that. That was just restricting blood flow. Um, so I get the scans and, um, it's kind of, it's kind of a funny story now. Not it's not really funny, but, um, <laughs> So the doctor that my cousin works for was out of the country, so he couldn't call me. And so my cousin had to be the one to call me and my parents and kind of tell us everything. And so she called us at like, it was like 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. And she just said, like, I know we had discussed that, um, like, this could be it, but it's looking like it is MS. And so she said, we can't be the one to diagnose you. You have to get diagnosed by a neurologist. So I really was just calling you because we've already set up, um, we've referred you to a neurologist and they're going to call you tomorrow and get you in right away. So sure enough, they called me the next morning. And then I got in with the neurologist about a week later. And since she had said like, um, we can't diagnose you, things like that. I was like, well, maybe I'll go and he'll tell me the neurologist was tell me like, no, 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 that's not what it is. It's something else. Totally. Um, so I still had a little bit of Hope I guess. So I go in and he was like, "Mm, without a doubt, 1000%. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. And so then we've, yeah, we've just kind of gone from there. It's been a little crazy, but that's just kind of the initial story of how I got
0: crazy. Well, I am so sorry to hear that you were diagnosed with that, but it sounds like you have a really awesome outlook on it. Um, So can you kind of explain like what MS is? And like, is it, neuro- it's neural, neurological, right?
1: Yeah. So it's an autoimmune disease. Wow. Um, basically, I know it's so funny because I would tell people at first and I'd be like, it's totally fine if you don't know what it is because I had to Google it uh, three days ago. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's an autoimmune disease that just affects the brain and the spine pretty much. But um, what it is, is your nerves have a protective outer layering and your Um, immune system basically recognizes that outer layering as something foreign to the body. So it attacks the outer layering. So my neurologist explained it to me like um, a cable in the wall or like your phone charger. Um, Mm -hmm. The wires are all inside, but that protective layering, I think it's probably happened to everybody how the end of your phone uh, charger can get bent and then you see the wiring and it doesn't work anymore. So basically the protective layering of my nerves is what is getting damaged. So once the layering's gone, a lot of times the nerve itself just doesn't work. So it's different in everybody. Um, no two cases are alike, but symptoms can range from like fatigue to being a paraplegic. Like it can go from anywhere and can pretty much affect anything in your body.
0: Have you had any other symptoms since
1: your diagnosis? Yeah. So about, in between um when i was well actually i don't remember exactly when it was but after a match i it was a crazy crazy match and hold on i'm like actually trying to think of the timing i think it was in between when my cousin had called me and between like when i saw the neurologist and um when i had kind of known that that's what it was we had a crazy like five set match and um after I kind of knew it what the problem was I wasn't necessarily like scared anymore so I was playing a lot better because I'm like okay it's not gonna kill me you know what I mean so I was playing a lot better and so I had gone like pretty hard in this match and afterwards I just noticed that my uh my left foot was just it felt like it was asleep like and I mean it, it made no sense and again we just kind of wrote it I'm like maybe um like maybe I just pinched a disc or something like it'll, it'll come back, whatever. Um, so that happened. And that like, still the feeling hasn't come back in my foot, but, um, after my season, um, so (laughs) this is kind of a whole other spiel that I could go on. Um, so the neurologist had told me that I, he wanted to start me on treatment, like right away, because, the scans had shown that it was like a pretty aggressive form and he was like, we need to start right away. So I, like, we asked him, can we just wait three months? Like, just let me finish my season. And as soon as season's over, like I'll start on treatment. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's totally fine. But if anything happens, like literally anything feels weird or whatever, you have to call me right away and we have to like get you on steroids to fix whatever's going on. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so I wrote out those three months and I kind of, I think I made a deal with God or my body or who knows. I just was like, give me these three months and then I'll take whatever you have to. Like, but I, I just need these three months. Like, just let me play. So literally the day after our last game, um, my leg was like feeling so weird and it wasn't painful. Well, I think a lot of people experience like pain, but it was just like weird sensations in my leg. Um, and so it was, it felt like I had like icy hot all over my leg when obviously I didn't, it was like super um, sensitive to temperature, I guess. Okay. So anyway, I call my neurologist, tell him whatever. So they get me in to get more scans and um, the scans came back really bad. Mm-hmm. And, I had like a lot of new growth or a lot of new lesions in my brain and they were really active. So I was basically like in an active flare is what they call it. Um, And so I had to go on IV steroids to kind of halt that and um, break away the inflammation and things like that. Um, And so a couple of days before I started the um, steroid infusions, I, like could barely get out of bed. I would just like felt so so bad, and that was really the first time that I was like, "Yeah, like something's wrong," because I hadn't really felt super bad besides the eye and little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but after the steroids, I they totally I was so much better. Um, that kind of fixed it, and then now I've started on treatment, so I shouldn't um, necessarily like have a flare like that again. So, wow, that is crazy. Um, so with
0: this like situation that you're going through, um, what has it taught you and what have you used or done to get through this? Cause I know it has not been easy and the way that you're handling it is inspiring. And so what have you done to get through these dark times?
1: I think definitely I, a big part in my story is the fact that I like have such a good support system. Um, I my parents have been with me like every single step of the way. And then my coaches and my trainers and my teammates and my very close friends, like they have all been there for me. Um, But I think the hardest part is acceptance maybe. And I was kind of in a, like a bubble I think when I was playing and just kind of distracted by my season and by school and things like that. And so, once school was over, then it kind of all hit me, I would say. But I think the biggest thing is just to like, let yourself feel everything. Like you have to feel it all. And it's not linear. Like I can have a great day and I can have a terrible day and that's just how it is. But I think it's just so important to let yourself feel it so that you can heal. Because if you just ignore it, it's going to catch up to you in a year or, you know what I mean? Um so I think that that's a big part that's helped me is just like not necessarily being ashamed to feel it and to show my emotions and talk about it and things like that um because and I think that that can go for anything is no matter what like just like talking about it and showing your emotions and just yeah like letting yourself feel it.
0: Yeah I think that in today's world struggle is almost looked as you shouldn't be struggling or You don't need to get help. You can do this on your own. And it's so important that people realize we all are going to go through something that is not possible to get through on our own. Um, And we're all going to go through hard times, but it's the matter of, like you said, feeling it. And sometimes it is hard to accept it, but accepting it and going from there to see, okay, like how can I grow from this or like, what is my next step in bettering myself, even in the midst of the storm? So that is so cool. I love your perspective on that. Our last thing to just kind of wrap it up is just what is like some advice if there's someone listening right now, that's going through maybe a different situation, but it is one of the darkest times of their life. What advice do you have um, for that person?
1: I think, I mean, kind of like you had just mentioned, like, I think a lot of times we want an answer right away and we want to know, like, why am I going through this? Why me? All these things. Um, But that would be, there would be no point if we knew everything. Right. I I was like, I was, when you kind of asked me, I was thinking about it and I'm like, okay, it would be exactly like we're taking a test at school and the teacher says, okay, here are all your questions. And here are the answers too." Like, what would be the point where you are not going to learn, you're not going to grow, you're not going to do anything. And so, like, I think life is kind of a test like that. And God put us on earth to learn and to grow. And he knows that if he gave us the answer right away, we wouldn't learn anything and we would be exactly the same as we were when he put us here. And the point is to grow even like you, like, let's say when you were 10, somebody told you, okay, Campbell, you're going to go, um, you're going to play volleyball at Baylor. You're going to love it. You're going to do all these things. You wouldn't have worked hard. You would have been like, Oh, I'm going to do that. I w- I'm going to get there anyways. So what's the point in trying. And so I think like as hard as it is to try and find the answer that you're looking for, like there is kind of beauty in the unknown of why you're having to deal with what you're dealing with because, and like, even if in this life, like we don't know, Like we never find the answer. Let's say I know that as soon as we meet God and we're like, why did you do this to me? He's going to tell us exactly why. And we're going to be at peace with it too. Like we're always going to find that peace eventually, even if it's not like when you're wanting to find it.
0: Right. I think that that is such an awesome point because if we knew all the answers, like you said, we wouldn't need faith. And I think that Us walking into the unknown provides the opportunity to step out on faith and to just trust that, yes, it's hard, but it's not impossible. Um, And so I I just thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, So everyone, March is actually... MS Awareness Month, and I just think that is so cool that we got to hear from Kaylee on her story, um, on her struggles, but also just like how she's triumphed during this time. Um, You, Kaylee, are such a light, and you are older than me, and I've always looked up to you as an older sister, and I was always like, I want to be just like Kaylee Roblin, um, whether it was on the volleyball court, but now I'm looking at you, and like I want to be
1: just like you as a person. I think it's funny that you say that because even though you were younger than me, I was always like, I want to be like Campbell. I literally <laughs> always, I always looked up to you too. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> we good. can just be <laughs> each other.
0: <laughs> but, um, I just want to like share with someone who's listening to this right now. Like, If you're going through a hard time, like Kaylee said, like reach out to someone and get some advice, get help. Um, Because you are not meant to be in the struggle alone, first off. Um, And second of all, you are worthy enough to be in community to get through this hard time, whether that's dealing with depression, anxiety, an illness a heartbreak, a death. It doesn't matter. We all go through struggles and it doesn't matter what it looks like, but what matters is that you accept and you feel, um, the dark times, but also know that you will get through it. There's just different tools that we have to apply to get through it. And so, um, man, I'm just feeling so encouraged right now. And I'm just feeling so thankful that we got to talk Kaylee and just what a light you are and a gift you are to me. Um, But guys, I am so excited that we got to do this and um, MS awareness color is orange. So whenever you see orange, think about MS and just the awareness that we can create with that. Um, And also think about Kaylee Roblin and just uh, keep her in your prayers and I'm going to put her Instagram um, in the podcast. So please give her a follow or um, just send her an encouragement prayer or a thought. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We will be back next week.